Welcome to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. I am Dr. John, the guide for your heroic journey towards greater health, success, and most importantly, happiness. And now, on with the show. Hey, all you avid listeners out there, this is Dr. John. And if you enjoy what you're hearing on these joint podcasts with me and my fiance, Jory Rose, please know that we are offering a week-long retreat in Costa Rica in April of 2023 at one of the top resorts in the country where the body workers are next level and you will learn from myself and Jory how to be in better relationship to yourself, to your loved one, and to everyone else. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Please feel free to check out the podcast notes for more links, details, and info. Thanks so much, and now on with the show. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. John back with the latest episode of the Evolved Caveman podcast. Thanks for joining us. And today, it is my pleasure to have with me Brian Uncle B. Ayers, who is is a men's sexual performance coach with over 22 years of experience. His research into men's sexual health led him to create the Men's Sexual Performance Scale and the revolutionary ESEIS 25 Sexual Health Program, along with two books, How to Be a Better Lover in 30 Days or Less and Go Hard. Uncle B connects with people by showing an easy way to build lifelong health without relying on meds. He focuses on helping people build stronger relationships by having superior health for fulfilling sexual health or life. <laughs> Brian, how you doing? Uncle B, how you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And Uncle B is coming all the way in from Maryland. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me your backstory. How did you come to this point in your life where you're helping men with their sexual health or sex life? Uh, sure. Uh, when I was in third grade, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do for a living. Kidding. <laughs> third grade. Wow. <laughs> I'm really kidding on that. One. Um, okay. So basically the story goes, um, I was um, back with my, um, back in the day, it's about a good 23 years, 25 years ago uh, with my ex. And um, she uh, was from Liberia and we went to a family party, a uh, Christmas party, and there was a root in a bottle. And we said, okay, what's that? I said, it's an aphrodisiac. I'm like, okay, poor. And the next morning, we woke up giving each other high fives in bed. So it was like, okay, this works. Um, I'm into entrepreneurism. She was into herbalism. We changed up the formula some, um, put it on the internet uh, as fledgling as it was back then and got our first sale in Poland and um, went on to you know uh, sell a good amount of this. And you know it was working. Uh, work for the vast majority of men. And then there were men who it didn't work for. And we're like, okay, what's going on with that? So I would have conversations, do surveys, uh, doing the research and come to find out, well, what we were selling is a supplement and it's supposed to supplement the other things you're doing. And guys didn't know what the other things you were supposed to do was. So that led me to doing more research and got into blogging Um and eventually got onto YouTube and, you know, just in the process of doing all this research, whenever I talked to somebody, it just, uh, the conversation was steered towards, you know, uh, what you could do to perform better. And it just grew over time in terms of just reaching out to guys, letting them know that, Hey, it isn't just about taking something. It's about basically reshaping your life so that you have a better performance and been rocking and rolling since then. 
Now, clarify what you mean by better performance, because I can go a few different ways with that. Uh, sure. Um, well, basically, we start with, you know, having, well, let's talk about the sexual performance scale. It's a scale of one to 10, where 10 means everything works. Imagine a 21 year old college athlete. A one means uh, you need to go to the hospital. Uh, most guys I deal with are between a five and a seven, which means basically you're just unreliable. So, so like a seven is some days it works, some days it doesn't. A six is a lot more times it doesn't work. A five is you need a lot of stimulation, a lot of things to go right in order to have uh, a good erection. Uh, eight, nine, and 10, you know, everything works. You, you, you know, uh, you have morning erections, uh, spontaneous erections and, uh, erections on demand. And for it sounds the guys, like middle school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Erections <laughs> on demand. Yeah. Uh, well, spontaneous erections. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so with that, you know, when we're talking about performance to guys who are in the eight, nine, or 10, really no issues, uh, for the people who are unreliable. That's where we, uh, start talking about, Hey, you have to really, uh, you know, even taking the supplement isn't going to change everything because typically your body is changing or you're, you have a practice of doing something that is incorrect and is causing issues. And a lot of times people just don't know what those things are. Well, let's talk about those factors. What else goes into this besides taking a supplement? Um, well, that's where we have the uh, the formula E25, the ECS25, E-S-E-I-S 25. That stands, that's an acronym that stands for energy, sleep, exercise, intermittent fasting, and soul. So when it comes to, you know, this program, uh, we actually score on each level. So let's take, for example, energy, um, you know, for if you're having sexual health issues, a lot of times, it's, you know, we're looking at uh, what you're eating and a lot of guys are eating either crap or they're eating uh, an, an overabundance of meat. And if you're saying, OK, I'm eating meat at every meal, let me take out meat for one meal. Um, you know, if you do that, you set yourself that goal for yourself, you score yourself with a five. Um, let's say for sleep, you're only getting five hours of sleep. You need to get up to eight. But let's say let's get to six is walk. You want to walk away from crazy, not run because crazy will chase you. Um, so with, you know, you, you sleep six hours, you get a five, um, exercise, uh, even if you're, you know, counting your days off, but if you're trying to get, you know, into a rhythm of exercising, um, you say you're going to the gym, you score yourself with a five. If that's your day off, you still score yourself with a five. Um, when it comes to intermittent fasting, you know, you're having your 16 hours of not eating, your eight hour window of eating. You do that, you get a five. And of course, with your soul, we're talking about meditation and actually looking for things that stress you and dealing with those. Um, you're scoring yourself with a five with that. So you set up your goals. You get all five, you get 25. Uh, EC is 25. And the idea being that, uh, when you're doing these habits daily, you're improving 1% a day just with your uh, your different habits, then you're going to exponentially increase your level of health because all five of these things are something that, you know, if you're a human uh, 2,000 years ago or 400 years from now, these are things that, you know, occur in, in your daily life. In fact, the first three things your mother tells you about, you know, uh, eat your fruits and vegetables, go to sleep on time, go outside and play. The other two, you know, intermittent fasting is sold that comes later on in life. But, um, you know, once you're able to control these things, 
it takes care of your health overall. But, you know, within that, there are certain things that, you know, you have to focus in on in terms of your sexual health. So, for example, um, if you're doing working out too much, especially as you get older, you don't incorporate enough rest, then you start, you can actually wear through your testosterone. You, uh, mm-hmm. I've done this a couple of times where I was just like, I'm going to go hard. And I worked out so much, I bunked in terms of just having energy and testosterone levels just dipped. So, uh, when you're trying to, you know, increase your performance, you need to look at the holistic side of things and not just like, hey, here's a supplement. Let me take the supplement. I've talked to guys who are like, well, yeah, I take the supplement, but I, uh, you know, I work the night shift. I was like, well, okay, your testosterone forms while you sleep, typically overnight. Mm-hmm. And so if you were working the night shift, there's actually a regimen of things that we talk about um, in my videos that you need to do all the ways from, you know, it's just you have to, your body needs to understand that, hey, I need to shut off just like the sun goes down, it gets cooler. Those are all signals to your body, your melatonin, serotonin, all the good stuff to uh, to go to sleep. So with this process, it's like even you're leaving out from, um, from work, it is first thing in the morning, put some sunglasses on, some blue light blockers. Uh, you actually need to sort of cover your skin because your skin will say, hey, the sun is touching me. That means I should stay awake. So it's a lot of things that you need to understand so you can actually go to sleep and get a good day sleep, if you will. And at the end of the day, understand that you really need to, you know, if you can uh, understand life is life, but, you know, get off the night shift. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's fascinating to me because I've talked to a lot of men about this issue over the years. And, you know, I think part of it is cardiovascular. I like yeah, energy, sleep, exercise, intermittent fasting. You say soul, I would say psychological health. I, I think it's kind of, it, they're similar in a way. And I'm always amazed at A, how much poor performance in this area affects our sense of masculinity. And Mm -hmm. second, B, um, how just one time with younger guys of their penis not performing in the bedroom creates so much anxiety and stress and worry that they have it, that it it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy afterwards. Yes, absolutely. And um, they call it spectatoring. So basically, you know, you're, uh, when you when everything was working before, you never thought about it. You never thought about it. It's like, I'm going to have an erection. Then you have that one time. You're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is. Oh, let it happen two times. And now you're in Just shock. like breathing or walking, right? It's just an automatic mm-hmm. behavior. And then, you know, when you start, start thinking about your breathing, you're like, am I breathing deep enough? Am I breathing hard enough? Uh-huh. Same thing with your penis. You're now thinking like, okay, she just came over um, and, you know, she just knocked at the door. In my heart, uh, she just came in. In my heart is, you know, she's yeah. uh, she's changing clothes and she's ne- she's now next to me. Am I? Am I? And the, the the process that's going on there is that your body's releasing cortisol because you're at a level of stress. And uh, of course, cortisol increasing cortisol is going to let, lower your testosterone, and you need the testosterone to um, create that erection. So you well, and, and I would out. I would say that that's. I agree with that. And if your cortisol is going up, if your stress response is active, that fight, flight, freeze response, then your body shunts resources away from things like reproductive systems because your body is concerned with staying alive. So yes. if you're stressing about this, and, and so one of the big things there is relaxation, like just chill. And, and so there's some relaxation exercises you can throw in there too, because it this this one area affects so much 
of who we are. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to overstate. I think it's um in you know I used to say and I'm sort of modifying this, but it's like a, it's an eighty twenty rule of sexual performance for men. Eighty percent of it is physical, twenty percent of it is psychological. Um, as you get older, that changes some, but it still goes back to the. It has to be a, a level of balance. I mean, it's all one unit. Obviously, is your mm-hmm. body, but you know the psychological side, it, as powerful as it is. If you're doing something on the physical side that doesn't allow for your erections to come up anyway, it's like there, it's not, it's, it's very possible. It's a normal thing for guys to just randomly, they're like, hey, today is not the day for your erection. And, yeah. um, but, you know, it could also be a number of factors, excuse me, a number of factors that have uh, come up. So, for example, I myself uh, had to learn later on in life that, uh, you know, used to be. I can go have a drink and then later on that evening, not a problem. Now it's like, okay, if I have a drink the day, the night before and then became the night before that, you know, is these Uncle things. B, you're not up. that old. I'm 51. So what? Yeah. Okay. You look great for your age. <laughs> oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, he's 25. I had to learn to use it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I hear you. I mean, alcohol is an impact. And I think back to your earlier point, I totally agree that there are times where the cock just doesn't work for whatever reason. And I, mm-hmm. I do think that to have some self-compassion there and some understanding for your penis, yes. I'm not really yeah. sure how to phrase that, but I mean, just to, to go easy on yourself and just be like, yeah, it's not a, it's not a hundred percent of the time, especially mm-hmm. not at our age. Cause I'm 55. So wow. well, um, you look great for 55. Good works. <laughs> but, okay. but I, you know, I think like we, we have to, give our bodies a break and realize that it's not going to work with 100% perfection or accuracy. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, you know, I've, I've done a bunch of podcasts with uh, ladies and just talking with ladies, period. And what I tell them is the uh, the Valentine's Day syndrome. So I often say that Valentine's Day can be the worst day for men in terms of their sexual performance because uh, one, you have a dealing with a level of stress. If you already had some performance issues, now it's like, well, today is the performance day. Okay. Um, and you also have to, you know, treat her really nice. So you have a level of stress there. Um, so you go and you get the chocolate, you know, give it to her. You have a piece yourself. And of course, that's messing with your testosterone levels. Then you go to dinner and you're having the steak and the lobster, and that's uh, causing inflammation throughout your body and uh, in your penis, of course. And you have the potato, that's more sugar. Then you have dessert, that's more sugar. Then you have some alcohol. And then you go home, it's time to perform. And Everything has led to this is not going to work out well for you. Um, so people need to understand it's like what you do during the day is going to have an immense effect on your testosterone. Even just the act of having sex later on in the evening, um, your testosterone is the highest during the morning, goes down during the rest of the day. So, you know, you could get to a point where it's like this morning I was great. This evening, it, what happened? And, you know, I've talked to a guy who was saying, I couldn't, he couldn't figure it out. He couldn't figure it out. He couldn't figure out what was going on. And we would just go back and just ask, like, okay, what did you do the day before that? What did you do the day before that? What is your schedule? What is going on? And that's the whole um, process behind ECS 25 is to track yourself daily so you can start understanding what is going on with my body, with the habits that I already have. And it could be, you know, something as simple as I mentioned before just not getting a good night's sleep. Um, you may be thinking, I I don't have a problem going for just six hours waking up and I'm fine. But 
in terms of what is actually in, in it, everyone's different in terms of like what is actually needed for sleep. But when I noticed that when I do sleep for a longer period of time, I do have more energy. So one of the weird things about the human body is that, you know, we'll, things will happen to us and it just cognitively, we don't think that, okay, this, this is a problem. We think that, okay, I only got like a uh, five hours of sleep. So I'm still as intelligent as I was the next, you know, the day before that. Well, the day before that, you had eight hours of sleep. And it's like, well, your your body does so much repair, so much different things. You're just actually smarter. You know, they've done tests to see if you're actually smarter if you get more sleep. So, you know, a lot of times we'll do something and not think that it's going to affect us. And it actually does. So you, that's the idea about, behind tracking what you do. So, you know, I, I appreciate what you're saying. And, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of this whole man box culture idea where, you know, we're socialized as young boys to learn the rules of what it means to be a quote unquote real man. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some good and some bad in there, but some of the rules are things like win at all costs, be competitive, dominate women. And obviously the dominate women's not a, a real good one, but I, I think a lot of these have psychological after effects. So a lot of the men that I've talked to have been over-focused, hyper-focused on achieving orgasm as if that's Mm. the win, right? (laughs) And if I don't have an orgasm, then I've lost, I've failed. And and so what's, give me a little bit of thought about that. Sure. Um, So there's always that saying, you know, making love all night long. And I'm like, okay, if you want to do that, then you have to understand something. You don't have to have an orgasm. You know, you can have sex. Sex is pleasurable in and of itself, but because of movies, because of just the way people anticipate things, it's like you. Every time you have sex, you're supposed to have an orgasm. And if you think of it from a, you know, we're thinking thinking of it in today's system, where it's like where we have uh, birth control, and it's like, well, if you had an ejaculation every time you had sex, the world would be super overpopulated. It's just, uh, you know, your your wife will be. Pregnant like every nine months. It's, yeah, and we just hit a, eight billion on the planet. Yes, yes, and that's with fifty percent of men not having sex, so or not having children. So uh, there's a yeah, there's a lot of guys out there who are getting it in. Um, but um, in terms of what you need to do is like just realize that you don't have to go by the movies. You can go by, hey, I enjoyed it. You know, let her know. Of course, um, I tried this without letting her know, and she was really upset. For a lot of women, yeah. it's like. This is what I'm well, supposed to do. I'm it's sure you take it personally. Yes. Yes. It's like, let her know. It's like, hey, you know, it's fine. Um, you know, the next time, you know, let's, you know, it's like because women don't have orgasms necessarily every time. So it's not necessary mm-hmm. for a man to have an orgasm or to ejaculate. And of course, we have that difference between ejaculation and an orgasm that gets into some tau systems and a little bit deeper. But yeah, you those two things are actually separate items. We just think that they come together, literally. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. But yeah, there's a separation there. But yes, you know, you can enjoy yourself. I mean, I think that's the the main thing. Like you said, you know, we're taught to be competitive and even that domination thought process that, you know, I'm going in and I'm just going to... Jackhammer like, approach, what, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Just relax. It's supposed to be... Uh, an intimate thing. You're into your mate. So that goes yeah. beyond just the sexual part. It's like, hey, this is relaxing. This is calm. This is fun. We'll do this again. 
not necessarily like I have to prove, I'm not sure what you'd be proving, but yeah. Well, and, and I think there's a lot of elements to it, um, to making love. I mean, I, which is different than fucking, which is different than screwing. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I think, you know, if you're making love, there's a lot to it that doesn't necessarily have to end or the, the yardstick doesn't have to be orgasm. So I just want to, any male listeners out there that worry about this, let me just give you permission that you don't have to achieve orgasm to have pleasurable sex. But mm-hmm. I, I think you're absolutely right, Uncle B. You got to talk to your partner and just let him know, hey, that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I, I don't yeah. even know if you need to say, hopefully, next time, <laughs> but, um, but I, I think, you know, one of the interesting questions to me is, you know, to ask your partner is, what does it mean to you to make love? Mm. Because it, it means different things to different people, right? Like it can mean connection, it can mean repair, it can mean intimacy to your point, it can mean orgasm, it can mean stress release. Um, it can release, it, it can mean anger release for some people at some times. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think to have, it, it's a worthwhile conversation to have to make sure you're meeting your partner's sort of expectations of their definition of sex. Yeah. And I think that's the the whole part of uh, what we say, love, we say intimacy and into your mate, understanding what the person is, you know, because everything that you just described, that could be like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day is a different today. I need to be loved right. today. I need to get some anger out today. I just need to be calm today. And so, you know, when you're with a person who understands you in that, at that level, that's when you're making love because when you're fucking, or you're screwing. It's just like I'm going in for myself. I hope you have a good time too. But <laughs> yeah, fucking to me is selfish, and it's related to power over mm-hmm. rather than power with. Mm. Good look. Yeah, I like that. I like Does that. that make sense? Like it's mm-hmm. your. That is about domination. It is about power. It is solely concerned in general. I would think, and I think of this more like one night stands, but. Mm. And I think a lot of guys have learned this from watching porn. And, you know, it's, it's not, porn is not the best sex educator. <laughs> not at all. Just not to state all. the obvious. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I want to just want to um, include this right quick that um, for guys to be extremely careful with porn, if you have uh, sons, even daughters nowadays, uh, who are paying attention to porn, Especially for the men, what typically happens is that, well, not typically, you know, once you're looking at porn, of course, dopamine comes out because, like, hey, this is fun. You know, our greatest entertainment set is between our legs. So, yeah, uh, looking at porn is just something that you would naturally do anyway, except it would be an actual person. Um, but if you're looking at it, your body's releasing the dopamine. And of course, you have dopamine receptors that need to receive it. Well, if you're constantly flooding your brain with, all this dopamine, the receivers, the receptors just say, okay, I'm done. I, I can't receive anymore. You just, this is too much. And so when you go and actually get with an actual human, your your brain is like, okay, well, I'm releasing the dopamine so we can have fun. And the receptors is like, oh, I'm good. Uh, don't So you're not actually connecting with the person anymore. Yeah. And the reality, I think, often doesn't stack up against what you've been seeing on your computer or your phone. And so then, and this is interesting to me because it's led to an epidemic among younger men, men in their twenties of erectile Mm -hmm. dysfunction, which kind of enters into this conversation as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I call it, um, you know, it's a form of partner ED. 
um, it's like when you are no longer, I mean, there's different ways of looking at this, but when you are, you're no longer sexually attracted to, or not sexually attracted to the extent that you're supposed to be because you, you're watching porn, you're, you know, enjoying porn by the time you get with this person, um, this is, you're missing out. And to a, to the point that you were make, um, that you're making, it's like you're now imagining scenes because you know, uh, with that dopamine hit, you know, you have to get more and more something crazy. It's like, oh, okay, one person, two person, three person, a horse, a monkey, it's like this way yeah, too yeah, much yeah. stuff going on. And now yeah. you're with a person and, you know, they don't necessarily and your mind's like boring. Yeah. 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 This is not the hot model that you were looking at. It's like, yeah. well, sir, you're not a hot and, model. And I've you? seen that before with guys that go deeper and deeper into these rabbit holes of porn where you start out with pretty normal stuff. And by the end, you know, you're someone's getting beheaded while, you know, <laughs> having an orgasm or something crazy. And it's like, that's what you need now to achieve orgasm. Like that's going to make real life pretty rough. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think, um, there's some things that I say, well, it's easier to talk to people who are in relationships. Um, some just relationship advice. Uh, one part of partner ED is that you're in a rut, um, outside of porn, just, you're just in a rut day to day. Uh, I go to work. I'm stressed. I'm driving home. I'm stressed. I get home and I see her. I go to work. I'm stressed. I come home driving stress. And I get home and I see her. And if any level of stress, she adds, oh my God, and then, mm -hmm. you repeat, 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 repeat. And then you just get to a point where you see her and you're stressed. And without knowing it, you've moved away, you know, and obviously it's going to be reflective. She's going to move away from you and now you have problems. So one of the best things to do, two things uh, that really work. One is to take staycations. Um, not necessarily, you know, break the bank and need to go out of state, but okay, send a kid somewhere, um, and just find a hotel, um, something that's, you know, that you two can just go sit in for whether it's the evening, maybe you need the whole day, maybe you stay overnight, whatever it is so that you can build your connection back. Um, and the other thing is to schedule sex as mundane or routine as it actually is. No, no, they said mundane, but routine. Um, yeah. I got this from an, another gentleman and he was saying, you know, on Mondays and Thursdays, I think it was their, their days. And, you know, it's so that both of them can prepare, can prepare the headspace. Um, and especially for guys, you know, it's like, uh, once again, if you got that alcohol issue, like I, I used to have, where it's like, okay, I can't drink the alcohol for a day or two beforehand. At least, you know, it's coming. And so now it's not no longer a su surprise. Um, you have a less level of stress uh, for both of them because it's like, okay, I'm prepared instead of it just being like, oh, today, ah, oh, crap, I just had a drink earlier. Um. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that I think enters into this is the idea of foreplay. And mm -hmm. I, I think men look at foreplay as lasting seconds. <laughs> women look at foreplay and I think rightfully so as lasting hours, if not days. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, it, I was just thinking about this when you're talking about scheduled sex. One of the things I would suggest along with that is, you know, send your partner flirtatious texts, mm. send them texts that you desire them, send them texts that you can't wait to see them tonight, like build up the anticipation and the sexual energy before you even see each other that evening. Absolutely. And and I think that's a big because I, I think that men downplay the importance of the psychological side of sex. 
mm-hmm. because probably for the first 30, 40 years in their lives, they never needed that. Right, right. And I always say uh, foreplay is for men. Um, I yeah, mean, I absolutely it, agree. It, it works for women, but you think about it, you know, when I was at the uh, University of Maryland, right down the street from here, um, you know, I'm on campus. See, you have all these women and, you know, there's co-eds and, you know, everybody's well, who's hooking up with who, et cetera, et cetera, all the great stuff when you're in college. And then when I went into the workplace uh, at AT&T corporate, I was like, oh, my God, uh, <laughs> you know, the women's age changed drastically uh, their status in life in terms of like, you know, that, well, I got four kids and they're like, oh, wow, that's the, that doesn't turn me on at all. Uh, the conversations about soccer mom stuff and uh, 401ks. And so nothing is turning you on anymore. You're just going through life. Just like, oh, okay, this routine, routine, routine. And so, yeah, you need to be able to have something around you that, that can turn you on it. If you're married, hopefully it's her and, you know, being able to verbalize stuff. And for a lot of guys, I don't think they uh, recognize because what men talk uh, three times less than women. I think they use twenty one hundred words a day. We use seven hundred. Um, so, you know, when we verbalize things, you know, typically if you're looking at if a guy is having sex, he's not really saying something. It's more her. Um, but when we start verbalizing during sex and before sex, we're actually turning ourselves on. So you Mm -hmm. send in that text, your brain is going, Hey, mm, yeah. So you tonight, you don't, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, baby, uh, where's that thing tonight that I really like, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. It's sending a signal to your brain instead of, well, the 401k is not doing well today. You're getting a different signal. So you start to get the blood flow going early. And, And I think the other thing along these lines, which I really like, and this, is from a conversation I had a while back. So I might not get it hundred percent correct, but my understanding is that men take seven minutes to reach full physiological arousal. So mm. seven minutes of foreplay and women need like 42. Wow. So I, I, the reason I put that out there is just to slow the gentleman down. Mm-hmm. That it's yeah. not a race. It's, you know, I think, cause I think some, some men have the reputation of let's get this done quickly so I can turn over and go to sleep. Mm. Yeah. 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 And you keep doing that. Eventually she'll start <laughs> yeah. doing the exact same thing or, or just turn around going to sleep before you get, even get started. So, um, so yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense for, for guys to, um, you know, really pay attention to sex. One of the things I say is that, you know, um, I talk about being a sexual performance athlete. It's like this is the one sport you'll do throughout your entire life. Uh, so why not be excellent at it? Why not study it? Um, a lot of guys are going through life and having what I call high school sex. It's the same sex you figured out in high school and you're just doing the same positions, the same rhythm, the same this, same that. And, you know, you're putting women to sleep. Um, you need to, you know, expand your horizons um not just on the sexual technique side um which is actually really important uh mm-hmm. but also on the sexual health side i mean there's things to learn such as you know if you hang to the left hang to the right well that that determines what position you should be in if you're trying to hit her g spot and you need to know where her g spot is so there are uh, a bunch of uh techniques that need to be understood in order for you to be able to do um to not only perform on that level well, but also have the, you know, the sexual performance energy to 
to to do that performance. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I was talking to a guy years ago who had a cock that he explained to me kind of curved up and he was mm-hmm. ashamed of it. And I was like, seriously? Okay, I get the shame. I don't think it's warranted, but in my thinking, that's awesome because that's going to help you reach a G spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on, you know, do you know how to use it? And so, yeah, I, I, I get your point. Um, the other thing that comes to mind as you were talking is the importance of novelty in sex, because I think, you know, you talk about getting in a rut or routine. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's, there's these yes, no, maybe lists that you can look up online. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, a, a one pager of, oh, geez, I don't know, 30 or 50 different sexual acts. Mm-hmm. And you and your partner go through them separately and just say, yes, yes, no, maybe, uh, you know, to each one. And then you can compare lists yeah. and where you have yeses, obviously that's a match where one of you has a maybe and one has a yes. Then you can talk about, well, when, when would you be available for that? When would you be open to that? Under what that's conditions? Great. And, and so I, I think to look for ways that you can kind of push the the bedroom envelope, so to speak, whether it's dressing up or handcuffs or restraints or feather ticklers, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think novelty is an important piece of this equation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to get into any type of rut in, in the bedroom. Um, and in fact, you know, if you think about it in terms of what you remember, Typically, people remember different things. So if you're just having sex in the same room, in your bedroom all the time, okay, well, what was memorable about the last time? Well, it was the same stuff. Now, if you happen to go into, I don't know, uh, the kitchen, you know, the, you know, find another spot, uh, hang out in the shower, something. Do something yeah. that's different so that you can say, oh, yeah, remember that time we did this. Um I have a uh, an old friend of mine. Let me not say old. A friend of mine I've known for a long time. Yeah, and you know, a long time friend. Yeah, yeah, a long time friend. Yeah, she says, um, "Yeah, yeah." Remember that time where we were at your parents' house and in the basement, and you know, it was like that was like thirty years ago. <laughs> You're talking about, but hey, you know, that's uh, that. It's it's that memory is you know we've done other things since then but that particular thing stood out for you know a variety of reasons so you want that that part of it so you know um, you you're setting yourself up um, for me you know the whole goal of um, ECS twenty five is to or let me just say E twenty five the whole goal of E twenty five is to set you up yourself up so you have habits that will last for. A very long time so you can have sex for a very long time i mean i personally want to be uh i'm gonna say want to be but i personally uh if i'm going to be in an old folks home i'm going to be that one guy in a home old folks home that all the ladies visit so um but watch out for stds because those are rampant in nursing homes (laughs) that shocked me but let me (laughs) well and kind of gave me hope too at the same time it was very you know <laughs> kind of bittersweet. Anyway, yeah. um, so tell me what. So we have female listeners that listen to this as mm-hmm. well. I think trying to get in kind of the back door of you know the minds and psyches of of men. Mm-hmm. What do you want women to know about men's sexual performance? Um, okay. Uh, well, the the Valentine's Day story once again. Um, if you want your man to perform, you have to understand uh, what he needs to eat. <laughs> 
Um, so you can encourage him or actually go buy it yourself. Um, I often talk about the difference between the type of food that men need to eat is just energy. When you're having sex, the whole goal of having, well, the nature's goal of you having sex is for you to procreate. So you're Mm -hmm. actually giving energy to her so that, you know, uh, we can have a baby. And so in order for your erection to have to function, you need to have energy. Because nature is like, well, if you're sick, there's no need for you to reproduce. You're not going to be, you're not going to give a healthy child. So um, that's the reason why, you know, your erections can go first if your energy is down. If you have bad circulatory system, bad whatever's going on, um, that's the reason why you're losing your erection. So if you're going to consume something, you need to consume energy. There's one aisle in the in the grocery store called the produce aisle. That's where all the energy is. Everything else in there is uh, designed to stay on the shelves for as long as possible. And if you consume it, it'll stay inside your body for as long as possible. So you want to, uh, and also the difference is, is that the food that humans need to eat is all wet, you know, even down to the lettuce, uh, you know, fruits, vegetables, et cetera, uh, nuts, eh, it's still got some moisture in there. If you're looking at um, uh, everything else, you know, your rich crackers, your potato chips, it's all dry. And so you have to be careful of that. Um, so that's as far as the energy is concerned. Um, and also, you know, looking at the time of the year, it's like men need sun. Uh, everyone needs sun, obviously. But, you know, that vitamin D that, you know, uh, is a precursor for your testosterone. You want to get that from the sun. 80% of vitamin D is coming from the sun. Um, you're also looking at your water consumption. So, you know, make sure he's drinking enough water. So there's a lot of things you can do in terms of supporting him. Um, encourage him to go exercise, encourage him to get to sleep, um, take stress off of him. And that's a huge part. Um, be aware of the level of stress that you could actually be giving someone without knowing it. Once mm-hmm. again, men talk a lot less. Um, the whole thing of, you know, I, I appreciate the whole thing of, of a man being stoic. Um, needing to be in control of his emotions. Um, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, emotional being more emotionally open, but it's like, well, there's a particular reason why, you know, my nephew was coming running down the street and he bow hit the ground and it's like his knee was, uh, was messed up and he's sitting there crying and me and, uh, me and his father, we were sitting there talking. We just looked down at him mm-hmm, and we just kept on talking. And then he kept crying. He was like, his father said, hold on a second. Uh, son, um, as soon as you stop crying, let me know what's going on and we'll take care of that. And we continued talking. And one of, um, one of my relatives, she came, I was like, why are you just, you just see him on the ground like that? It's like, okay. The reason for that is because he needs to understand he needs to be in control of himself. If he and his sister are running full speed from danger and he falls, he needs to be able to get back up go take care of his sister and get out of there. That's part of the control of your emotion. Obviously, some people take it too far, but you want to be able to have control of your emotion. Yeah, and and I agree with that point, actually. And I would say the caveat to that is I want parents to teach their children some tools to be able to manage the emotions when they get in that situation. Because like in that example you gave, you can't tell anything to the son or your nephew in that point because he's too emotional. So mm-hmm. those tools have to be kind of fed into him when he's calm and then they, they take practice. Um, yes. And it, there was some, okay. So what about if let's say uh, 
men and women, we're assuming heterosexuality here just for ease of conversation, mm-hmm. um, are in a bedroom together and they've been fooling around for a while and he's not getting hard. What would you suggest to the woman is a good way to be supportive in that situation? Um, just uh, recognize that you can, uh, if, I'm assuming you're in a, uh, in a relationship, uh, mm-hmm. that you don't have to have sex right then. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, it's as, as much as, you know, uh, a woman, you know, I'm speaking from my own personal experience, as much as the woman wants to be supportive, we're going to be hard on ourselves because we're trying to get hard. And so we're just thinking more yeah. like, get up, get up, increasing the, the cortisol, increasing the stress. And it, yeah. that's not just not going to work. So, uh, there isn't like some magical, uh, switch that's just going to happen. It's like, hey, some the one thing, you know, maybe you can have that discussion of like, hey, uh, what did you do earlier? May, you, know, you don't necessarily need to find out what the answer is right then and there. But, yeah. you know, just recognize like, hey, you know, it's all good. We can, you know, just later on, like, let's go watch TV. Let's go do something else. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it, the whole thing of like, well, I'm going to do something. I'm going to, you know, whether it's a hand job and do this, I'm going to do that and do this. It's like, hey, if you're if you've gone through the process, like you said, you're already doing the foreplay and it's not happening at that moment, don't make it worse. Don't make it a psychological scar. Just relax, yeah. enjoy and say, hey, we'll come back to it at another time. Yeah, I think you're on point. The, just the idea of you could do other things in the bedroom besides intercourse, uh, mm-hmm. maybe please her, for example. And the other thing just I would say to the woman is be aware of... it. Try not to say anything that's going to increase shame because Mm -hmm. my guess is that most men feel some degree of shame about that. And what is shame, but the belief that I'm unworthy of love, connection, and belonging. And so I think we want to be careful. We want to be really, really gentle around that issue because it does hit men so deeply in their psychology. Absolutely. Yeah. You're 100% right about that. I mean, if, you know, because men are taught that we're only as good as our last achievement. Well, I think that's true in the bedroom as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it, it kind of stays with us. Um, and the memory becomes a little sticky, no pun intended. Um, but uh, yeah, I would just say be aware that, that that one, just one of those episodes can bring shame to men. So you want to be really careful as a partner in that situation to just make it as little a deal as possible mm, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly um you know because um uh, just as uh you know just for the female listener just as a woman would think about it incessantly that's the one thing that we'll think about incessantly is we men are typically great at compartmentalizing that's not something that gets compartmentalized very yeah. easily uh, i've seen it screw up a lot of people's a lot of men's psyche mm-hmm. And, you know, just having those conversations over the years. Um, so on a sexual performance scale, I know some guys who were zeros. Uh, and so, you know, it's for different reasons. Uh, typically, you know, steroid abuse or um, mm-hmm. taking a particular medication um, just knocked it out. They weren't uh, functioning at all. And so the interesting thing or, you know, you have different surgeries like uh, prostate um, surgeries, uh, which affect the nerve endings down there. So it takes a while for that to get back together. But what tends to happen is that, um, 
you know, for a lot of guys, they end up checking out of the relationship um, because it's now, okay, well, uh, I can't perform. And so I'm seeing her. So I'm a constant, it's a constant reminder that I can't perform. And now I'm concerned that she's going to leave me. So let me leave before she leaves me type of situation. If she's going to be happier without me, I mean, it gets really uh, deep. Um, You know, the other side of it, is uh in terms of the relationships itself i've dealt with guys who um the reason why they were contacting me is because they had gone through a divorce because they couldn't perform and now they're back out on the dating market and it's like well okay how do i when you say it gets into your head it's like you see a woman and you want to approach her but something in the back of it like but you know what's you're trying to have sex with her come on now yeah. it didn't work before um and you know, so you have uh, families getting broke up. You have guys, as one guy I was working with, he didn't get, uh, he proposed after we were able to get things working um, because he wasn't going to propose if things weren't working. I also talked to a guy who said he knew why he was going to get divorced before he got divorced. Uh, he, he knew why he was going to get divorced before they got married. And that was because he couldn't perform. So this, uh, you know, like when I was kidding earlier, uh, when I said, you know, uh, I thought about being a sexual performance coach when I was in third grade is like, uh, I really didn't, you know, for a long time really put myself out there in terms of, uh, talking to guys because it's like, I didn't want to be the, known as the Still uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. the dick. The dickologist, uh, you know, the number of <laughs> the, the dick guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, be that yeah, guy. The, yeah. I've heard so many of them. I was like, I, especially when I got on the YouTube, it was like, I do not want guys just like, hey, yeah. hey, it's the dick guy over there. Yeah, <laughs> not the thing. And, and plus, yeah, sorry, I don't mean any disrespect by that, by the way. I just, oh, yeah, I've heard it all, um, and it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but it's, got, these are uncomfortable topics to talk about. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you know, for me, you know, a lot of times we hear p- people saying that, uh, Guys don't want to talk about it. When we get get it open, these guys don't want to shut up. They'll just yeah. let me. It's like, hey, that's a little bit too much information there, buddy. Um, <laughs> but but it's you know, over time, I became once I realized the relationship aspect of it, it became less of fixing a tool or just having a guy perform better. Sorry, you you just said speaking of the relationship aspect. What is your take? And I guess you could say personally, but any other take is fine too. Mm-hmm. I've always been curious because I, I think it's we're led to believe as men growing up that we are supposed to always be ready for sex, mm-hmm. that we never turn sex down, that part of our masculinity is the number of women we've slept with, and therefore one night stands are amazing. What's your take on one night stands versus sex in a relationship? Um, a good relationship, let's say. One night stands uh, <laughs> will eventually lead to stress. I mean, typically there's a, you know, it seems like it's, uh, well, this is great, but it's like, well, you know, in some ways, I mean, it depends on where you, if, if you're doing a one night stand in a different country and the person doesn't have your email or your, you know, they can't find you on Facebook. I mean, today, one night stands aren't the same because yeah. the person can still find you. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, you're dealing, you still have to deal with the person. So, you know, um, uh, it, sometimes one night stands lead to two night stands type of thing. You're like dealing with it. You don't know who you're dealing with. So there's a stress level that's there. And also exactly what did you just do? You had sex with a person. Was it, a, you know, a, 
miraculous, great experience, what happens next? You know, you're just dealing with something that's, you know, sort of null and void. And, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, when you finally find the person you want to be with, we often, you're hearing now in the manosphere, um, them talking about, uh, a woman's body count. And there's a whole psychology behind that. But it, when, when it comes to a, a man's body count, it's like, well, are you going to be able to attach to a person, uh, the way that you want to without thinking like, well, she should, I mean, it's almost like porn, you know, uh, the way that we have sex now, let me just back up for a second, just cover the general picture of it. The way that we have sex now is completely different than just three generations ago, just a hundred years ago, less than a hundred years ago. Yeah. Uh, in the 1950s, uh, less than a, less than 50% of the United States had electricity. So you weren't calling up somebody. You weren't, you know, uh, taking your car, you know, cause cars were really expensive then. It wasn't a jiffy lube around or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you're taking your car. You, you didn't have access to the number of women that we have access to now. There wasn't swipe left, swipe right. There wasn't even dating sites. Um, so, you know, the closest you could get to any number that we have, you know, some guys are like I'm in the thirties, forties, fifties, whatever, you would have to be in a city. And getting to a woman in that situation back then was even more difficult because, you know, they had their standards were higher. Let's just say that Um, because, you know, because of birth, there wasn't birth control. So if you had sex with a woman, there's a possibility of pregnancy. So she's concerned about that. STDs were a completely different situation. Um, So we're now into a new era where we think what's happening right now is normal just because we're living in it. Uh, whereas like if you, uh, one of my, um, history studies, uh, professors at University of Maryland said to know your place in time. And so once you understand your place in time, you're like, yeah, if you think about it, that doesn't make any sense. There was no time where a man could possibly have, unless you literally had a harem, could have sex with 30 different women. And so once you have sex with this, once again, it's like porn. It's like, well, okay, well, she's not like her. She's not like her. She's not like yeah, her. Comparisons. This one did this. This one did this. This one did this. You know, in your mind, you create your own Frankenstein sex monster uh, where, you know, she looked this good, but she, this part where here, she, just like I, and she was, you know, this one was freaky and this one was, you get to a point where it's like, well, now you have this monster in your head. How are you going to connect with uh, the person that you want to be with? Person in and, front of you. Yeah. 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 And and this goes off just a little bit, but I think it's important for people to think into the future in terms of, you know, what's supposed to be happening. What we're hearing people saying is like, you know, I can do bad all by myself. Uh, I could, you know, um, uh, especially the, some of the women are sort of, I'm going to say pushing it, but they're saying, uh, you know, I'd rather be by myself than to deal with a man, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, that's also very new. That's dangerous to a point. And when I say it's dangerous, it's like, well, the reason why we have these thought processes is because we have this technology and we live in the most peaceful time in human history. And so people are a lot safer than they ever were. And so the thought process that you can live to the end of your life without pairing with someone seems, eh, I can do it. It's like, well, if you think it all the way through, um, one of the uh, major uh, uh, accidents that happen to older people is, you know, you fall and you break your hip. Now, I know this because my, it happened to my grandmother. Uh, you fall and you break your hip. 
Well, if you left your phone upstairs, you're not climbing up the steps at an older mm-hmm. age with your hands by yourself, um, you know, and you could just end up staying in that place. I mean, I'm giving an extreme example, yeah. but it's like once you get older, life changes in uh, a wide variety of ways that we're supposed to have partners or we're supposed to have children who come by and like, hey, let me visit you. Let me do this. You know, we live in an environment now where uh, you can live in an apartment building and it'd be like 700 people in that building that you don't know that yeah. would never knock on your door and say, do a wellness check and things like that. So uh, it, that's something to think about in terms of, once again, with the one night stands, it's like, hey, you want to get somebody who you're going to, uh, you know, be with and support each other for the rest of your life uh, so that you can yeah. have sex so- and be safe. Yeah. And thank you for that answer. Well, and I, yeah, there's a number of factors in there, but the answer in terms of one night stands and relationship, it, it's just interested me because I've asked that question of hundreds of men over the last 30 years. And I always assumed that it would be, yeah, one night stands, right? Like that's my jam. Okay. But 95% of the men that I spoke to were all like, no, I'd rather have sex in a relationship mm-hmm. because yeah. I need the emotional connection was what they'd say ultimately. And I was like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> that is not what I was taught All right. as a seventh grader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By yeah. my That's, friends. That, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the statistics on, well, one, you know, we hear things, Hollywood, the movies and everything. Uh, but in terms of, especially now, the statistics now that is more widely available than ever, it's really just 10% of the men who are doing the one night stands. Is the other 80 to 90 percent, you know, uh, you have the ones who are married and you have the ones who are, uh, I'm going to say incels, but they just don't have, yeah. they're not looking to have sex. So you have, right. especially now in this uh, newer generations, they're, you know, uh, 30 and still virgins. And you have all these different distractions. You have all these different things, but it's like, you know, really to have, once again, you know, having a one night stand and the repercussions, because I know people who've done that. And, yeah. you know, they were able to talk that really good game. And, you know, it was like, wow, that's, I always thought that was like, that's really cool that you're able to just go into a club and talk to her. And, and you know, it was like, next thing you know, it's like, hey, uh, okay, that was, that was amazing. But, you know, then later on you find out, well, okay, yes, <laughs> uh, several uh, children by several different women. Yeah. And now it's like, uh, um, you know, for some people, they think that's a badge of honor, but it's like, well, you're actually useless to other men around you because now it's like, well, hey, we have this um, business deal. It's like all you need to do is just throw, come in with like a thousand dollars and we're able to like flip that and do some things. And they're not coming up with a thousand dollars with four kids with four different, four different yeah. households. So uh, it's not, it's, I think what has ended up happening is because telling someone that you've had sex with various women sounds exciting. People gravitate and pay attention to, and because you actually did it, you're more likely to say it than the guy who's like, nah, I think I did that maybe once. And it was like, me, I just didn't do it again. You're not hearing from those guys. So it's it's skewed. So exactly. And then that's why I wanted to put that message out there for anyone that's listening. Just if you're a man and you don't vibe that much with one night stands, I think it's more normal than not. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, 
Absolutely. Take that for what you will. And Uncle B, let me, I got to wrap up here. So mm-hmm. tell people where they can find you, what your email is and what your website is. Okay. So um, the supplement that I've been speaking about is called Good Wood. Um, we protect family jewels <laughs> with this supplement. <laughs> it's an all natural liquid aphrodisiac, not a pill. It's a uh, liquid. And um, you can find that at givegoodwood.com. And if you're trying to reach me on the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, just uh, at Give Good Wood. Um, and yeah, uh, just reach out to me. Um, also, you can go to uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, we have over 300 videos talking about everything from premature ejaculation to masturbation to porn addiction to um if it deals with a man's sexuality, we should have talked about it by now. Um, wow. Yeah. So um, it's uh, YouTube uh, backslash Brian Ayers 23, B-R-I-A-N-A-Y-E-R-S 23. Thank you. Or uh, you can also type in give, give good wood with that also. Um, so, yeah, um, please check out the the website, give good wood. We actually have a... Um, uh, access to ECS 25 on there. So not only do you get the supplement, you get the program that supplements that supplement. So you get the best reaction out of it, uh, the best results out of it. And, uh, also we have the, uh, men's performance quiz. So you can take that quiz and find out where exactly you are on the men's performance scale. So you can get yourself together. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to have the discussion. I think it's a really important discussion. And I think more men need to get behind and aware of their sexual health. So thank you. Thank you. And that is it for this episode of The Evolved Caveman. Thanks so much. If you like this episode, please feel free to like, rate, review, and share with friends. If you didn't like it, then you don't have to do a damn thing. Thanks so much. (laughs) I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. If you like what you've heard, support us by subscribing, leaving reviews, and sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. For the latest, most powerful tools to connect with like-minded men, join the Facebook group at The Evolved Caveman. Follow Dr. John on Instagram at The Evolved Caveman, all one word, or join the email list by visiting guidetoself.com. 